dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for another episode of Death Is Not The End, the podcast where we're all dead, and well, we just have to deal with what comes next. Whatever that is. I'm that effing guy, and I'll be your celebrant and guide on today's journey. This week, two and a half near-death experiences, a love letter to Brody Dahl, and we may well get an answer to the question of... Stop. Where is my mind? So with me today in the processing booth is someone who's lived many lives and embodied several different characters in each of them. Today, hopefully, we'll hear about some of them, possibly all of them. Depends how much time we've got, really. <laughs> Welcome to the end, Mr. Philip Bedwell. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm very good considering this is the end, mate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm uh, I'm accepting of my fate. <laughs> so yeah, the bad news is you're dead. Uh, Telling us how you feel. It feels like ever since we've actually chatted ourselves, and I've only got an inkling of what you've been up to of late. Obviously, we're covering your life as a whole a bit more later on in the show. But if you can give us a little taste mm. of all the lives you've led in your lifetime in a little five-minute elevator pitch. A very long elevator uh, journey. So I was born. Uh, no, I, I, get, I guess an elevator pitch uh, involved in drama in school, which really started to light a fire under me in terms of performance then got involved in karate got a black belt in karate amateur boxing some amateur wrestling which then led to a very long career in professional wrestling coming uh, i say i was just about to say coming out of professional wrestling but as of this time i'm still in professional wrestling uh, like the godfather they always pull you back in so i'm still involved in professional wrestling I host a podcast myself um, called Cinema Life and Everything, which I absolutely adore. And before that, I did a podcast about identity and masculinity called Slouching Towards Masculinity, which is still available. Uh, On top of the podcasting, I'm a full-time actor. I do stunt work as well as it's called special action work, SPACT for short. And I'm a performance artist as well. I've been doing that for over seven years now. So, yeah, so... Actor, special actor, performance artist, professional wrestler, and podcaster. Yeah, that 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 should about cover it. Oh, and at one point was a personal trainer and gym manager as well. So, all the things. Whatever I think. Uh, where could folks have found you online if you weren't all dead, or we weren't all dead? If I wasn't, if I if I wasn't dead, I would always say go to me Instagram. That's uh, Philip Bedwell. P H I L I P B E D W E W L. Uh, that's the easiest okay. place to get hold of me P-H-I-L. or i do have a website that i <laughs> okay. i do have a website that i desperately need to update but that's philipbedwell.com uh warning contains nudity and blood i always have to say that nice <laughs> so on my previous show i would ask folks how they would like the uh to have gone out if it was a case of total planetary destruction Ooh. so what have been your apocalyptic event of choice Oh, well, I, I I guess I have two. So the one that's non-apocalyptic would be in the arms of my mortal enemy. I've always liked that. We struck the killing blow on each other and died in each other's arms. That was actually for my ex-wife, Helen, and I've never heard of a better description than that. So that's number one. Number two, oh, I, I didn't think of this. And um, I saw an ending on a film called These Final Hours where they end with a massive firestorm at the end i quite i yeah i i think you know an asteroid hitting and just the whole world just exploding i think i think that's quite a good one i like that it's a classic maybe a classic fighting your mortal enemy while the asteroid is hitting maybe we're fighting as the asteroid hits and that's what wipes us both out that'd be quite good 
<laughs> like like whatever in the universe is saying stop or we'll call this one a tie <laughs> so we have in fact found out we're living in a simulation so, oh, so that, that's it yeah. someone just says game over that'd be a quite a good one as well i like that we run out of 20p so at the moment you're, you're just seeing the pearly gates here in front of you uh it's more to do with my inability to conjure up an approximation of what would happen if there was an afterlife probably to do with my religious upbringing being so vanilla with the church of england they're great um how was you raised oh that that was that that was a tremendous one um so i was never baptized but my mum was a uh, Irish Roman Catholic and then become a born again Christian. So twice the guilt and none of the redemption, which probably had <laughs> probably played into my upbringing quite a lot. Um, myself, I did go to church a few times. I've always been very interested in religion. Uh, I wouldn't say I subscribe to any particular one. There are parts of Buddhism I love, apart from reincarnation. I get a bit weird about that. Um, which we could go into a discussion about one. Uh, uh, but go on. spiritual. We have right. the time. <laughs> I, no, we, we do have the time, I guess. All the time well, in the world. Back to the whole... <laughs> all the time in the universe, all the time in the void. I just think for me, if we, you could, you could be knowing your greatest lover, it could have been the love of your life in one lifetime. And then you meet them again. And they're just someone you've just, bump into in the street and you never see them again i find something quite sad in that but i also have recently thought it depends on the ego and what you believe is you i also think we all now my beliefs are more spiritual based and we all come from this giant energy field or giant energy sea really ties into a clive barker idea that he has in one of his books called the sea of quiddity which i believe is sort of like yeah we just come from a, a giant sea and energy field and we return to it so the idea that we could be bumping into the love of our lives in another lifetime and we don't really recognize that i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because wherever we go back to we're all part of the same consciousness or energy field anyway so i used to get quite fearful of that like when you die everything that you've ever known experience disappears but i don't think it does i think it goes back into a yeah like i say like a unified field where the idea of i and what you are becomes a lot less important than the idea of you are reunited with this consciousness that is everything and everything everywhere all at once it's quite a really good film i enjoy as well yeah i think you've answered the next question there (laughs) chugging along here so closest you've ever been to death unless it's a spoiler for the movie for life obviously oh, the wrestlers are wow. notorious daredevils and even more, more notoriously bad at driving let's let, let, let's go with, i've got a couple actually i think let's have, i might have born a couple so one i got um clotheslined and the guy didn't take care of me and dropped me like he sort of tipped so i'm trying to how to explain a clothesline to uh a non-wrestling watcher so their arm wraps around your throat in professional wrestling and is a way you can take a safe fall where you land on the back of your head but the guy i was wrestling decided to help me over by tipping me under my hips as well which he said was an accident but to this day i still don't know if it was or not and i landed squarely on top of my head and fractured my neck um that was bad that 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 at the time in wrestling if you get hurt there's a certain adrenal dump where you don't feel pain, but if you do feel pain in wrestling, 
you know something's really bad and uh, I felt a lot and everything went white and I couldn't get my hands and feet to work and that was I thought oh maybe that's it uh that that was quite scary that was probably quite close to death um uh what's it called um not aqua what's the uh scuba diving scuba diving in Thailand checking my air meter which shouldn't go below four if I remember rightly and something going wrong with my tank so we went below one so I was quite deep under the sea with no oxygen or virtually no oxygen left in my tank and then and couldn't shoot to surface because of the bends so me and the instructor having to do the whole passing the uh respir uh the what the mouthpiece to each other so we could get to the top that that's that was yeah very very scary um I don't know if close to death would be the third one, but being involved in an ayahuasca ceremony and experiencing an idea of a death of body, which I'm watching my body body wither and die. So it wasn't actually physically manifesting, but as close as it could be in a sense of like, this is what it feels like to be dead. I, I would count that as a death as well. So yeah, three times, not too bad. Two, two for reals, as real as real can be if we're living in a simulation, and one as like a a spiritual metaphysical death, which I saw my body withering, dying, and flowers blooming from it, which was really good. And then when I watched the fountain, spoilers, there's a scene in that where the flowers burst out of this guy, and it's get. Can we swear on this? Yeah scared the shit out of me because then i basically there's things in films every now and again where i see things crop up and i'm like that imagery is too exact for someone involved in the art department or the script writer director has blatantly done drugs that i have done and it was just like they're eyes they've probably all done them they probably yeah they probably all yeah so when i saw the flowers blooming out of this guy i was like holy shit Or maybe I'm just incredibly unoriginal. <laughs> okay, so with the show, you filled in the paperwork with my lovely assistant, Jeff, and they inform me you're taking the heaven option. That yes. means you'll be submitting a slideshow storyboard presentation of your life story as a movie. This being an audio-only format, this means uh, no one will actually see that, so we're providing music to score the movie as well. So whenever you're ready, you'd like to take it away? I think the one we're sort of starting off with was Screen Manger, if I remember rightly. Is that right? This one? That one. Classic. Classic. The 90s come flooding back to me. Amazing. What about Susan fit into your life? So, it's sort of like we could go back further as well, but for me, this is goes to my professional wrestling days. Myself and my best friend, Paul Ash. We decided to form a professional truncated version. Truncated version. We decided to perform, uh, become. Sorry, this song's a banger. Uh, a wrestling tag team, and uh, this was our entrance music. Well, one of many entrance musics, but this was the one we sort of settled upon. And when we settled upon it, we, this was the one we stuck to. And it's just a, a wonderful time in my life that wanting, knowing that I wanted to become a professional wrestler and then finding a like mind and setting an intent to wanting to do it and despite any setbacks doing it and then 
manifesting it and actually becoming what you perceived you wanted to be and then just having lots of times of walking the aisle, this music kicking in, feeling impervious to pain and actually, yeah, just living out your dreams. And that will always signify a great deal to me, myself and my best friend living our dreams out and just, uh, yeah, just being part of this amazing tag team. And uh, significantly, probably the greatest time for me when this song ever kicked in or the the royalty-free version of it kicking in was in, in our hometown of Walthamstow, Walthamstow Assembly Hall. Me and Paul are hulkiest doing this match where we had to wrestle lots of tag teams in a row and just, it was ridiculous. I still have the VHS copy uh, made into like a, a, a version I can watch on my computer and just bouncing people around on their heads, looking the most like wrestling sort of superheroes more than we ever did. And it was just, yeah, with this music kicking in and just before the music even stopped you're already throwing the people around in the ring and stuff like that and it's just like I love watching that back every now and again with this song playing and just thinking yeah we did it and uh, we continue to do it and I'm sure we have one more left in us before either of us retire as much as professional wrestlers can retire so <laughs> yeah it just it's just a wonderful time a wonderful feeling whenever like you're just playing it then it was hard to get the words out for a little while because I just remember being young and just being like absolutely probably full of too much energy to be quite honest <laughs> and just throwing people about and just having the time of our lives and yeah absolutely incredible doing a road warrior thing yeah a hundred percent like now I'm a lot more I mean I was always really respectful of the fact we never injured anyone but I would say, especially now, I really take care and I'm a lot more conscientious of what I choose to do and not to do in the ring. But back then, it was a little bit more like, we're in our 20s. Can you take this? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's just throw you across the ring anyway. Wee! And uh, like we never hurt anyone, but I think maybe there was a little less um, ticking of the health and safety boxes back then. <laughs> I, I do call that the, the dark ages of Brit Rest, where it's like there's this era of world of sport everyone remembers everyone old remembers it and then there's yes. progress nxt uk and there's this bit in the middle where there was actually a big explosion at one point and it just kind of peaked a little bit and then dropped and yeah yeah very, very much around copies the remain. ecw very much around the east yeah that that's what we were hugely influenced by as well before everything lost psychology and but you could you'd still like make a big like Thing to get you get your stuff out there i was never about stealing the show but very much about like we want our match to be stand out so we would do a lot of crazy stuff we saw from japan yeah remember some of that <laughs> okay next it was up. fun <laughs> right so we without that was screaming did i did, i didn't say heart-shaped box was one of my choices did i no Good. That's all right. We will we will forget. But that's a banger of a song as well. That was Teenage Phil. So, you know, Nirvana, obvious. So what we'll go on to now is what one of my top two favourite songs of all time, because when the guitar kicks in, it it still gives me goosebumps. So it was um, Meet the Feeters. So it's also known as Oh, the Joy by Brody Dahl and um, Shirley Manson. And it's just it's a mad song. I can't even tell you when I first heard it. I, it might have randomly been MTV. 
Um, and it's just like, so I always love Brody Doll um, physically, an absolute goddess. Like, my God, is she, she's like the female Elvis. I, I think she's brilliant as well because she's famous and completely not in love with it. And I found that even more alluring. But aside from that, an incredible voice, an incredible stage presence every time I've seen her perform live. And actually really interesting in the fact that whenever she was on stage, she really seemed to not want to be there, which I, <laughs> I really respect. <laughs> I loved it. I was just like, that's an incredible way to be. And yeah, just hearing this song and the way she's mixed in this electronic part to it. And then Shirley Manson, who is also an amazing artist in her own right from Garbage, doing the backing vocals. And just, it's just an amazing song. And talking about, like, she's singing it to her unborn baby that was in her at this point. And, but even if you don't even like feeling this absolute, unbelievable, unconditional love for this thing growing inside you, but also as well, it's just the song is an absolute banger. I love the guitar work. I love the drum work. I love both of the female vocalists. I love the fact that if you listen to the lyrics, it's sort of like there's this slight weird thing of not being sure if this thing growing inside her is going to love her back or not as well. And then I always like and the bit when the guitar kicks in, which I will be quiet for when it kicks in, the baby is now born and uh, she's just like absolutely going to love this thing forever and never let it go. And I was just, I'm calling a baby the thing. <laughs> Which is a good film, by the way. But um, yeah, just now and again, you a song will hit you for the lyrics. Now and again, a song will hit you for just when guitars or something kicks in in the music. For this, it's both of it. It's just the, the, the guitar kicks in. And then I went back and listened to the lyrics and read the lyrics. And it was just... For me, one of the most perfect songs ever written. And to this day, it still is. If you, if people ever ask me, what are your top five songs? It's almost an impossible question to ask, but this will always be one of my top five songs, if not the top song, and I'm gonna shut up for a second. And um, just the way their, their voices harmonise. And there is an amazing live version as well with Brody and Shirley singing it live. And it's it's even better because it's not being produced at all. It's really raw. And the way Brody is just screaming it and adding new lyrics to it and at points forgetting the lyrics. But it just, it sounds amazing. The guitar sounds even better. There's always been a very big punk ethos to the way Brody plays and like I say stuff can be more well produced can be yeah it just sounds smoother but that absolute rawness of it and the punk element and 
than dirtiness of it. I think that's what come through the song. I didn't didn't pick as well Heart Shaped Box. Just that Nirvana style of just having the passion there. And, that, and that's what this song, I think it'll always hit me whenever time I listen to it. Um, just the passion behind it. And it it always chokes me up. Just, And that's for me what all great art is, whether you're looking at a painting, reading a book, watching a film, listening to music, watching performance art, playing VR, playing video games, whatever. When the artist has created something and the passion resonates and, and, and the, the emotion travels across, and it resonates with you and holds a place in your heart and soul. That's all you can want as an artist or viewing a piece of art. And that's what I get from that song every single time. That guitar kick will never fail not to choke me up and almost bring tears to my eyes because it's just so perfect. So, yeah, I thanks for that one. I, it's always a good excuse to listen to that song. <laughs> so what part of your life is that scoring? Oof. Uh, <laughs> from the second I heard it to present, I, I cannot. <laughs> I, I, seriously, I, I just love it. Every time I'm in the car and it's on um, a Spotify, boo, Spotify uh, listing I have called Uplift, and that's the number one track selected. Um, just because she likens it, Brody likens it to the birth of her child. I liken it to no matter how squirrely things have got or uncertain or how sad things have got in my life oh the joy just like you um just just the feeling of and there's a there's a thing in the live version she actually sings this line where she's saying it over the guitar like you'll never lose my love and it's just for me it's for me with the universe just like as bad as things can get there's just such joy there's such love there's such beauty in this universe and for me when that guitar kicks in it's like as bad as things have got it's like right get up time to get on with it and it just that's what it does to me it's just it's a whole cup <laughs> as uh, politically incorrect as that can probably be now because hulk hulk hogan is not uh, a loved man as much anymore but for me yeah it's the it's the power-up moment it's uh there you go there's a politically correct question it's when you get a power-up version in a video game it's just a power-up version for life for me it's like i'll listen to that song and it's like let's get it done there's such beauty still. There's such joy in this universe. Be part of it. Don't be part of the sadness. So yeah, from from whenever the song was released till present, every single second I listen to that song, it, it's just yeah, it inspires me. If it was a Super Mario game, it'd be Mario grabbing the star and that music plays. Yeah, <laughs> and the mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Next one. Next one. Got? Right, so um, wow. Uh, let's go before we go completely sad with all of it. Let's. Well, this is not a sad one. It's a sad and beautiful one. Song for the Siren by Mortal Coil, which is just one of my favourite films of all time. Lost Highway by David Lynch, and also it was the song that my ex-wife Helen walked the aisle to, and again chokes me up. Massive emotional resonance to me um what a beautiful song so this is before you to the sad ones then (laughs) yeah (laughs) well this is it i think in times of great tragedy and sadness there's also moments of absolute beauty oh trust me we're going sad very sad (laughs) this is one of the more melancholy ones and i will say that 
even how the relationship ended in divorce, there were times of absolute wonder and beauty in it. And in life, if you're lucky, you realize after a wonderful moment has happened, you can recognize it and you can realize what a beautiful moment it was. And if you're really lucky, like with marriage, you can realize an amazing moment is about to happen and you can sort of set your memory to memory to record. And I'd never really listened to this song much before. It was part of the film soundtrack, but never really realized how beautiful it could be. And then when, you know, the song kicks in and I realized Helen was walking the aisle and I turned around and looked at her and just absolutely spellbound by how beautiful she looked in her wedding dress and stuff and just realizing this moment was perfect and it always will be no matter like i say ups and downs in life it will always be a perfect moment in my memory scrapbook and yeah just a, a beautiful song and i always listen to it well i don't always listen to it but when i listen to it my mind goes to that memory and there's sadness because it doesn't it isn't there anymore we're not married anymore but at the same time what a ride we had what a beautiful time we had and what a beautiful memory this will always be i hope for her too and yeah absolutely perfect time and just there's so this song christ when you look into it it has been covered so many times there's an absolutely amazing version by George Michael. There is, I'm trying to think, Cat Stevens did a version as well. There's lots, there's some crazy like electronic versions where it's more upbeat, which I'm not so sure about. <laughs> but the, the George Michael version is um, incredible as well. It's just, everyone finds their own way of bringing it to life, but it always has that lovely, I think very much like the song we just listened to previously as well. Oh, the joy, the happy, sad, melancholy, beautiful to it. And I think there's that version of it as well. The song of she's revealing everything that she is about it and everything she can be. And it's just beautiful. But yeah, just reeling for me, the, the lyrics of the song is just just the person, the, the singer is revealing themselves completely and honestly and unapologetic, unapologetically and they are meeting each other and whether it's to crash the ship against the rocks, that idea of being infatuated and completely, totally and wonderfully in love, be that with a person or an experience or a muse or creativity and giving yourself completely authentically and honestly to the moment and just being within it. Although if it means your complete destruction of self, which means a sense of change is also worth it. Whoa. <laughs> so that would, yeah, basically getting married. <laughs> that's my, that's that point. Not that that means destroying yourself, but I think in a way, destruction of self isn't a scary thing. I think we destroy and recreate ourselves, or we should, many times in our lives. And uh, I don't want to be the person I was five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago. And yeah, I, I think marriage is destruction, but for a lot of ways, destruction for the best. You become a better person of self. So yeah, onto the saddle. On to the, on to the sadness. 
So we can sort of, I'm going to sandwich the sadness a little bit. We'll, we can save the pixies for a little bit later on. But I guess, yeah, let's, let's do it now because this is, uh, God, <clears throat> just saying it makes me cry. Um, going to do it. Pearl Jam, Future Days. And uh, yeah, wow, that came quick. Excuse my croaky voice. And this is for one of my children. But um, myself and my ex-partner, Abigail. If I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself. Tried for four children. And one of them, unfortunately, had a lot of um, deletions in their um, in their chemistry, in their, um, I always forget this word, but in their genome. So when it was when they when she was tested we realized that they weren't going to be able to survive with any quality of life so we had to make an unbelievable decision to her to let them go and uh, it was weird because at the same time randomly I was playing um, The Last of Us Part 2 and there's a bit where Joel sings this to Ellie and uh, just the lyrics really matched the way I felt about Marlena which is what we named her and I use this as a song to remember all four of our children. So, uh, Marlena, Baby O, Tiny Stowe, and Piccolo. This is uh, for all four. Anyway, and um, yeah, all four of them, and never stop loving them. Being their dad is always going to be the proudest thing I ever do. And uh, seeing Marlena born will almost always be the most beautiful moment of my life. So, like I was saying, uh, times of great sadness can also have and give times of great beauty and uh, being able to see them being born or seeing them there, seeing something that wasn't there to come to life and seeing their heartbeat was just amazing. And yeah, I can't, I can't really say too much more than that. I'm just proud of them. They are, they're completely fearless. They're my intrepid explorers. There, my lights in the darkness. 
and uh, they'll always be there wishing me on them. I'll always be there holding them and uh, until the streams and rivers meet the ocean and I can be with them again. They are, yeah, just absolutely the loves of my life. Wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, said it was going to get sad and uh, sorry about that, guys. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to apologise for apologising because I'm not sad at all. It's important that I get mentioned because I'm super proud of them. So I'm not apologising for being sad. There we go. Better now. Oh, dear. I'm going to sound like a cocaine fiend now. Sorry about that. Right. Okay. Ah, right. There we go. Said it was going to get sad. <laughs> so let's go with um, another beautiful moment that unfortunately is a end of a relationship, but also a wonderful memory at the same time. <laughs> and probably has the filthiest lyrics. Eating your ass like an oyster. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, yeah, Miami Memory by Alex Cameron. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what um, I, I get like a weekly roundup of songs. And this was one of, this just happened to be one of them. And for me, it was just that um, bass line. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. And like all amazing um, pop songs, you listen to it. It's so dodgy. Is this the line now? <laughs> it's like you listen to it and you're bopping along and you're like it's a song about a completely possessive and obsessive relationship and it's a scary song but it's also a banger and you just you can't help but dance to it so yeah me and my ex-partner Abigail listened to it and just loved it, fell in love with it, and would sing it at the top of our lungs, uh, lungs, lungs to each other. And uh, I still do sing it all the time and bop along in the house to it all the time. And uh, sit up. What a song! <laughs> so I listened to these the other day when he sent them through. But okay, this is quite good. Never realised that was in there. Never. There's a, there's a, there's another line in there as well that realised something about realising that. When a car goes underwater, the va- the, uh, the vacuum seal the doors, so you're trapped inside a car that's slowly filling up with water and you can't escape. It's just, just like there's some lyrics in it. I'm just like, whoa. I think this is it now, actually. Um, which is another great lyric in it. So, this is the thing about the vacuum sealing door now. No one 
<laughs> How do you make a rhyming like a rhyming verse out of that? But um, yeah, it's a bleak, dark, scary song, but a hell of a bass line. So me and Abby loved it. We'd sing it to each other. And there was one time we were at this art installation in central London. And for whatever reason, it was sponsored by Sonos. So you could go with Sonos, Sonos, I don't know. So you'd go into this room and they would play a song of your choice as loud as you like, because it was soundproof, but it was ceiling to floor mirrors. So you were dancing with each other, but at the same time, all you could see was just lots of reflections in, of yourself, a bit like Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, but with less attacking someone with a knife fist. <laughs> or going, wah! So, but yeah, me and Abby dancing, singing at each other at the top of our voice, where I probably lost some hearing because we had it on so loud, um, while being reflected with each other in multiple mirrors and... Uh, that was like that and it was another time when I was running after her, not in a scary way, on a beach. And um, they were two of my best memories of my time with her, my four years, five years with her, excuse me. And yeah, we split up at the end of last year, something to do with the children, something to do with the fact that I needed to do counselling about the way I was treating myself and other people. But again, like Helen, there was great beauty in the relationship as well, right up until the end. Great moments. And uh, that will signify that relationship to me, being in love, the, the heart of fluttering and just finding someone that gets you and just gets themselves and meeting someone who's a complete inspiration and a light in your life. So thank you, Abigail. And yeah, that's that, them's the songs. So I guess next one we'll go with uh, Scapa by Alessandro Cortini. So, yeah. Very long build on this one. A huge build. You can skip to the end if you want. <laughs> so it was always good for my performance art. So as well as doing all the professional wrestling, um, acting, podcasting, this one, uh, this song I used uh, to do a piece of performance art uh, called Defense Wounds. I've been been a performance artist for well over seven years now, performing around the country and in Europe. I uh, did one in Iceland earlier on this year. And I could never tell you exactly why I do it, but very much like the acting or the professional wrestling or podcasting or randomly editing videos. Um, I, I just lose myself in it. I, I feel connected to something greater than myself and feel limitless and just when everyone talks about the whole catchword of mindfulness or just being this is it and this so this piece of music uh defense wounds i was atop a load of coal with uh, a veil pinned to my forehead naked as seems to be a lot of the time when i used to do performance art um and even though it obviously had blood and nudity and me stumbling and failing in it it really wasn't a sad piece even though the music can be construed as being quite sad as well it i would never tell you why i did it or what it meant to me but i know what people tell me it thought it meant to them and like i went back earlier on about art being um just giving an emotional resonance or part of yourself out there and hoping hoping that it resonates with other people but even if it doesn't just giving a true version of yourself out into the universe and that's 
what I did with this. This was there was a few times I performed this, and it's rare that I ever perform a piece of work more than once. This happened to be one of the few bits I did do more than once, and each time I did it, I felt differently. But this piece of music always takes me right back in. Very hypnotic. Very rarely would I perform to music as well, because if you put music over a performance, it makes it about a certain thing. But I like this one because it's so abstract and so just anything. That strident sort of like calling in the background of it. I find it incredibly beautiful and hypnotic. And like I say, it, it can add to a performance because it doesn't limit it or make it about one particular thing. I really don't like it in any form of art where you're made to feel a certain way. I, I, I don't want things to be on rails. I want to take from it what I want and leave behind what doesn't resonate. And I want that with anything, like any piece of work I produce as well. So um, yeah, with this piece of work, it always takes me right back to the performance and my want and need and love of performing in all its ways. I, If I'm doing a, an acting job, Sometimes even on the way to a professional wrestling event and definitely before I do performance art, I usually have this song play because it just gets me into a lovely state of not really thinking or being anything anymore. Because one of the biggest things for me as well is the illusion of control. And I think through art, I allow myself to give up control. There's this idea that in professional wrestling, you've planned it all out or you know exactly what's gonna happen. With performance art, you have your materials, you know exactly what you're going to do, or you have a really good idea of what you're going to do. With acting, you're, you're, um, you've learned your script, you know exactly how you're going to perform it to the other character. With podcasting, you've made all your questions up, you know exactly what you're going to say, and you have a hope how the conversation's going to go. And then you realise, in the moment, things go wrong. And at one point, I'd really beat myself up about it. Oh, but this was all planned. It should have been like this. It's all gone wrong. It's like, no, it's actually gone right because it's in those accidents, in those moments where you lose the safety net, you truly create something unique and find something authentic, sometimes in yourself, sometimes in a collaboration with another person. And those are the moments that feel the most authentic and the most real and the most beautiful. So. The more I realize that you, there's no going wrong, there are no mistakes, there are just these wonderful moments of oneness and like I say, no safety net of just being, that. that's what really we should all seek as humans while we exist on this plane, that just to have, and it doesn't have to be through an artistic enterprise, it could be anything, whatever, whatever revs your engine or floats your boat or whatever analogy I can think of in this moment, just do that. Do that. Be be unknowing. Be be just in the moment and enjoy it. So that's why I selected this one. And we can sit for. I forget how long this song is. Also, it helps this song is really long because <laughs> about eleven minutes. <laughs> I think it's ten minutes exact. Is it ten? So yeah, for me with performance as well. Sometimes I have the need. To really go long on performances, greedy, probably part of my wrestling background. <laughs> I want to stay out here for as long as possible. So having a song that lasts 10 minutes is like um, to borrow a Spaced, which was a wonderful TV show, is not finished. 
is finished. And so I'd always know at 10 minutes is finished. Get off now, Phil. <laughs> I gave you seven minutes plus that, entrance. That's, <laughs> that's all I need. Plus exits. Go on. Go on, Philip. Right. I believe we've only got two left. Wow. Yeah. I love this is a party fellow. Where is my mind? The Pixies. Yeah. They put it on the list of songs on film soundtracks that, that we don't need to have anymore. So you have to go big on this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, no. The, so where's my mind? For two, for two reasons, really. I got into Nirvana um, and back in the day before t- the internet or before the internet was dial up, really. About the time I remember it, um, I used to read Krang and stuff. And Kurt Cobain in an interview there mentioned that the Pixies was one of his favourite bands. So back then, before Spotify, you'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to go to HMD or Virgin or whatever and buy the album." So I bought a bunch of. I bought. You could only afford like two to a month there. So I bought Pixies. Um, oh, Tromblemonde, I believe this is from, and. Uh, one of the last songs on it and liking it like the rawness of it again that punk element but then just hearing this and this and Debaser apparently on the album just not being able to move I was like my god this song is so many things all at once it goes through so many different things of a tempo change and the way Frank Black is singing and the rawness of it and just and this is actually one of the ones I prefer it recorded and I do live because live, for whatever reason, Frank always seems to go out of his way not to sing to time and intentionally ruining it and like not let people join in with the chorus, which is fair enough. Maybe he doesn't like people singing along, but I always love this version of it. It sounds amazing. There's some amazing covers of this as well. And then this also ties into... Off the top of my head, I can think of three times in film that I was absolutely locked in my seat. I couldn't move. I I was like, couldn't breathe. I felt concussed. And this was in Fight Club where uh, the narrator looks at Marla and says, you've met me at a strange time in my life. And then they hold hands. If she really exists... Mm. and they look out at the buildings exploding and crashing to the ground if that's really happening and or is it all a metaphor and uh depends what you believe and i just absolutely the song kicks in and then plays out over the end credits and i couldn't breathe i was like that is the most one of the most beautiful images i've ever seen in film and I've watched Fight Club since that time, countless times, countless times. And one of those little echoes, one of those little curiosities that when I was coming towards the end of my career as a fitness manager in London, I was like, what do I really want to do? Because I can see the way this song's going to play out, not this song, just the song of my life, play out um, in London. And I didn't like... I didn't like it. I didn't, when the apocalypse was going to happen, it wasn't going to be in the arms of my mortal enemy when the asteroid hits. It was going to be sitting behind um, a computer uh, pressing Excel or pressing a button for Excel. And I didn't want that to be my end, my end point. So I thought, what do I love? And spoke to Abby 
mentioned about I'd done some acting and she really liked it. There was one night when she saw me perform something, she went, that felt amazing, looked amazing. And I believed her and I thought, yeah, why not? I love film. I, I love performance. I love being seen, I guess. I, I love inhabiting other characters with wrestling. And it all just added up in my head. And I was like, yeah, so for better or for worse, Fight Club and Where's My Mind is the reason I'm acting now. So, yeah, there we go. And that is, that is, I love Fight Club, but I wish I'd figured out a little bit sooner it was a black comedy. <laughs> and I, I think people really, really do need you now, guys. If you're into the masculine and stuff, particularly Tyler Durden and the Brad Pitt ab shot, it's done for comedy. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Please stop. <laughs> Fascism is not a good idea. <laughs> right? You defended the one quite well. <laughs> <laughs> it just—it's like something I'm actually working on at the moment, doing a bunch of short little films about. And this guy is um, it, uh, the the thing I've got for it at the moment is like manifest, and you can't manifest anything without man, because man is in manifest, <laughs> and there's an I in manifest because I'm important, and I is also in king, which men are—they're kings. Mm. Uh, and it just like just that's one of the reasons I stopped doing slouching towards masculinity because I found myself becoming really disillusioned with this tidal wave of the 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 problem is with all really bad ideas there's a kernel of a good one in it and if you want to look at Andrew Tate or any of these I'm not going to na- name drop lots of people but lots of these masculine archetypes where self identification self empowerment um drive belief confidence yeah these are all good things but when it's like done at the degradation of women or anyone else or just this this weird ego feed of like you are the most important thing and everyone else has to be pushed down to make way for you no we can all exist in a good way and yeah just why i sort of knocked slouching towards masculinity on the head for a while as proud as i am of it and i love it and i don't think it infected my podcast too much, but just realizing that the conversations I was having were more and more and more. I didn't identify with the word masculinity anymore. I think we're all unique in our own way. And I just didn't like a lot of what was being purported and um, proselytized at that time. So I just didn't want to really do it anymore. So, but I do. You didn't want to get that crowd coming in from seeing the title and going, oh, I can give this. Yeah, you know, works into their ideas. Go do press-ups mm. and eat a steak. Do it. <laughs> so, um, Sorry, vegan. Vegan, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, are you sorry. vegan? No, I'm not even vegan. I, I tried it once for six months. I loved it. It was really, really good and cleansing, but just couldn't stick to it, but loved it. Go for it, man. Do whatever, whatever will box you. But um, I guess this is the uh, the final song, isn't it? Yep, your final. How uh, you'd like everything to end. Uh, Ideal. I'm just throwing the notes over my shoulder because it actually wasn't notes. It was just so I could remember all the songs I picked were. But um, so for the longest time, Oh, the Joy, Meet the Feeters would have probably been the ending. But now we have Walk by Foo Fighters. And again, so many of these songs are just about the, the drum line, the guitar line, and the lyrics all kick in. And... I don't. I, I listen to the Audible and read because I sometimes I listen. Then if I like listening to the Audible enough, I'll buy the book and read it as well. 
the storyteller by Dave Grohl and what an amazing man and what a life he's led, you know, being in Nirvana and being in the Foo Fighters as well. So hitting those levels of success twice, but also being a completely amazing dad to his daughters and just seems really unencumbered by fame. Like, I don't know, just my opinion of him. And unfortunately, the absolute tragedy he's gone through with Taylor Hawkins dying recently and how he's navigating that. He just seems like a dude making that film. He's, he did an appearance on Hot Ones, which seemed absolutely, he just seemed like really lovely guy. And this song for me, again, drum kicks in. I have, And sorry, guitar kicks in. I, I have my likes. <laughs> I, I, I have my algorithm that I always kick into. But um, just, yeah, just these lyrics of finding yourself and again, being unapologetic. And when it kicks in, I'll shut up. Well, it's already kicked in, but when it kicks in again, I'll shut up and just like, not the idea, the lyrics are, I never want to die. And for me, it's not about never wanting to die. I, I want to die. I think we should all die. The thing that makes love, life and love so beautiful is the fact that one day it all end. And my one of my big things in life is one day you are going to meet a force that is marshaled against you, be it an accident or something with your health or whatever. But the force against you will be too great for you to beat it. You will not be able to beat it. But how do you stand in that moment? How do you um, how do you represent, represent yourself in that moment will be how your life and how your legacy and how you echo in this universe. And that's it for me. In that moment, it hasn't come yet, but whenever it comes, I will be accountable. And I will... Um, why do I get so emotional? And I, I will stand against it and then accept it and give myself over to it but knowing in that moment we've lived a life we've had it we've had a good one and i picture the asteroid hitting as me and my mortal enemy hit each other with swords highlander style decapitating each other and then the end credits are coming up fade to black or fade to white i don't care uh, fade to white more fade positive white. yeah let's do um let's do uh the philip uh, Kaufman way of doing it not Philip Kaufman Andy not Andy Kaufman what's his name oh god I've forgotten the director's name Wade Kaufman that's him <laughs> someone Kaufman but anyway, it's, a, it's a one with Philip Seymour Hoffman where he's directing his own own life and he was meant to fade to black but he said it was so depressing they decided to fade it to white and I quite like when things fade to white and I'm wearing a white shirt today so we'll have it fade to white and just, yeah, just this song playing us out as whatever happens next, happens next. And a voice echoes in the void and says, ha, I told you so. <laughs> I only gave you seven minutes. <laughs> you went long. The rest of the show, the, <laughs> we've got to trim the rest of it now. The walk learning is going to be Paul Ash, isn't it? <laughs> It's got yeah. It, it's, the it's going to be whatever <laughs> wrestling promoter checking his watch and just shaking his head, head sadly at me, going Christ. Yeah, is a yeah. So yeah, things explode, uh, heads fall off, chunks of the earth rain down, and the Foo Fighters play us out. And I'm sorry if that it was like maybe not this 
esoteric and really niche choice I could have picked for that one. But hey, guys, at least it wasn't. Hey, guys, girls and folks and everyone in between. Uh, at least it wasn't Nickelback, eh? So there we go. But we'll end on that. Thank you. Been a pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you. Loved it. It was absolutely wonderful. Please visit TotalCultZone.com for all things related to the show. That's TotalCultZone.com.